Coach James. Uh, hello. That was a, you caught me off guard there. Uh, Coach Jack. Uh, I guess I, that's a moniker that would somewhat apply to me. Um, but Coach James, you're a coach. Uh, I feel like we're like addressing the team. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, it just hands. We really think of ourselves like a, like a team. Uh, and James and I are the coaches. <laughs> just, uh, I guess, I guess I'm kidding, but there's obviously a, a bit of truth there. James is an active poker coach. I'm not an active poker coach anymore, but, uh, I like to think I've imparted a little bit of my poker wisdom onto James. And so those who get coaching from James, I think are getting a, a well-rounded just hands approach to poker. Uh, didn't, didn't anticipate this being a, our own pre-roll ad. Rather, I meant to congratulate you on uh, the other coaching that you do, which is another great game I hear. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know doesn't how uh, interested the listeners will be, but I'm uh, in the process of trying to start my own soccer coaching business. And, um, you know, I'm fine with the poker people finding out about the soccer coaching, but not really the other way around. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like explaining the poker stuff to people. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, in my line of work, it comes in handy as a background. Yeah, I guess, you know, like to, if you, if you take like the average person who plays poker, they're going to be losing at poker, you know, like the vast majority of people who say they like poker or play poker are losing. And so, um, I feel like. We you want know, your if you tell soccer. a random person like that, then it's not, you know, anyway. <laughs> you don't want your soccer patrons to think that you're feeling some kind of degenerate poker habit? Yeah, or that, like, uh, you know, I'll get the children into gambling or something. But you got to take some gambles on the field. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Um, you know, you want to be, you know, more risk-seeking in certain times and risk averse at other times, just like in poker. My coaches always told me to be aggressive. Uh, yeah. I think it took until I was like a poker player for that to really kick in. You, you played basketball, right? Uh, that would be an overstatement. <laughs> Anyways. Enough on my uh, past athletic feats. Let's talk about some feats of poker. Uh, James, I hear you have some some feats to present for judgment. Yeah. So this is a hand from a student. And yeah, you know, there are some interesting spots and we'll talk about them. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, it's hard to I don't have another preface for it, really. Um, but let's, let's jump in. This game is one, three, um, and it's a live game, uh, 10% rake max $12. Um, 
Kira's eight-handed at this point and 400 effective. Um, and I think it takes place in uh, Philadelphia. Are there any U.S. poker rooms that don't have one, two, one, three, or two, three? Just start at two, five. I don't think so. I think, interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you Just could the... have 50 cent a dollar poker. I think there might be some of those in Vegas somewhere, but, um, you know, the lower, yeah, it's just not beatable, but I think that's okay, you know. I The first time I played live poker was at a place in Michigan called the Soaring Eagle. And... At the Soaring Eagle, they had this thing which I've I just haven't really seen. I feel like since, where they have a fifty cent chip. the The lowest game they spread is one two, if I recall correctly, or at least that's my recollection of the time. This would have been, you know, over a decade ago, which is not true. It actually was not over a decade ago. It was less than a decade ago, but close to a decade ago. Um, I can't wait till I'm like just talking about oh yeah that was decades ago that sounds fun that kind of gravitas <laughs> anyways on with the story um they have 50 cent chips that are used exclusively for tipping so it's basically their cheap ass patrons are like a dollar is clearly too much <laughs> and so i would prefer that you give me a 50 cent chip that is just used for tipping so you basically tell the dealer to like chop the dollar and then they put the dollar in the rack. They pull out two of these 50 cent chips. They pour one in their little bucket and then they throw the other to the guy or lady or whoever. Yeah. Um, Jesus. We didn't have that back then. Anyways. Uh, I don't think there are any 50 cent chips in this game. The the real kicker was that because the 50 cent chips didn't play, if you got stacked, you got to keep your 50 cent chips. <laughs> um, I didn't really understand the novelty of it, so I didn't keep any. As, as I said, it was the first place I ever played live poker um, yeah. in like a, a casino environment. Be a good souvenir. Yeah, I, I wish I had kept uh, some of those 50 cent chips. Anyways. All right. You're going to have to reintroduce this hand, I think. Uh, I know we're playing 1-3 somewhere. I think yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Eight-handed, 400 effective. Um, Remember when the, this podcast was, we only talked about hands? Yeah. I didn't just reminisce like as soon as the hand started. <laughs> the, okay. The... Hero's kind of new to the table, so no real reads on these opponents so far. Um, you teach uh, under the gun plus two limps, cut off limps, and uh, heroes in the small blind with uh, pocket tens. Um, hero raises to 20 and 
Uh, we got a fold from UDG plus two and cut off calls. All right, so two limbs, we raised the small blind with um, pens and we got a call from the cutoff. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now and you're not a Just Hands patron, what are you doing? <laughs> this is this is gold. This episode, <laughs> this is our best episode ever. Um, if you want this to continue, then become a Just Hands patron, uh, patreon.com slash Just Hands. All right, let's talk about some poker. We're, we're going to do a flop. We've got pocket tens. There were two limps. We raised 20, and we got called. Yeah. The flop is nine, four, deuce, rainbow. So there's uh, like 47 going in uh, in the pot on the flop. What do you think about this spot here? Uh, I think I would probably go ahead and bet large. Um, I do think check raise is kind of fun. And it can be effective against players who see bet or who does bet too much in this kind of situation. But one three limper, I just don't trust this player to bet enough. So I think we should be betting ourselves. Now we go a little bit bigger because I think that this is not this is not a hand that benefits as much from like keeping overcard type hands in play. So if we had, let's say, queens, then we can bet smaller because let's say our opponent has like king jack and just floats that i mean there's some downside obviously with the king but there's also some serious upside with a jack um but with tens that doesn't that dynamic doesn't exist in the same way so i would be targeting just our opponent's pairs mostly expecting quite a few unpaired hands to fold and then having a high confidence in us having the best hand going forward. I do think we have to be a little careful about like, I'm not sure that I'm trying to over bet turn and river. And I don't remember how deep we are. 400 effective. So uh, SPR of 10 approximately. Yeah. I mean, I think we can probably just size to get all in. There's not much, much better to do. Um, like, I, I do think if we were a little bit deeper, we might want to size up a little bit on the flop and then bet a more conservative amount on the turn and river, like let's say 50 to 60% pot. Um, just because I think if we 400 in a one, three game is like, it can be a lot. I mean, it's Philly, so my guess is that players are a little bit looser, more used to losing $400 in these environments. It, it depends just a little bit on who you're playing against. Like, are getting stacks in here, is that like a huge pot or is that like run of the mill? Like, if you're in the casino in DC, the MGM, that 
seems to be a game where this wouldn't be a big pot to get it all in here. But at like the Jack and Cleveland, you know, getting $400 in in this situation in like a 1-3 game, a lot of the regs there and recreational players are not that rich. $400, things are change and you might expect like a nine or a pair of eights or something like that to fold um, at some point in the hand. And if you are all in as the aggressor, you might be facing a calling range, which has you in pretty bad shape. Do we have, I can't remember how much information we have about this limper. Um, here hasn't been playing with this opponent very long, but I think the limp he's limped before and, V pip like forty percent, maybe over like two or three orbits, something like this. So we don't know anything about like age, clothes, those sorts of things. Um, Hero's memory of the hand was not uh, not that precise, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is an instance where you want to be sensitive towards let's call it like the willingness characteristics, which might imply a willingness to lose more money or less money. So like nice watch, nice shirt. All right, let's uh, go for stacks. Someone who's wearing the clothing of uh, a lad that is not really looking to get it in bad is a player that I might take a more conservative route against. Yeah. What what cards are you looking to um, barrel on the turn? Are there any cards that you would not barrel? Uh, I think a nine. I might not barrel. But other than that... What about like a five? The board is nine five two. Nine four Ds. Oh yeah, I barrel five. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um I ran this I ran this through We could also we could sorry, we could check we could offer a check raise on a car like a five. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I think I think bet is better, but I just yeah I wanted to get your your thoughts on it. Yeah, I would be checking the nine too, but probably barreling almost any other card. Um, yeah, we we got kind of interesting cards, so we'll see. So I ran this through a solver using the sizes chosen in the hand. Um, I didn't. I didn't opt to give it like hundreds of bet size, you know, but um, just to to get kind of a feel for it. And um, solver is like splitting between um, it's like betting and check raising tens, um, kind of half of half of the time. It's like about fifty fifty. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, like this would be a fairly high like i mean you know theoretically like 
someone won't have a limp range, but you know, given like what we would guess is the limping range, this would be a reasonably high frequency bet facing check from by the villain. Like they would bet a lot if hero checks um, compared to a lot of other boards. Um, so yeah, check raise also becomes pretty good with pocket tens, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's a check raise is a very viable play. It's just not as good when our opponent doesn't really bluff enough. Mm -hmm. so we don't yeah. get protection and we don't induce a bet that then we get we get to deny the equity of that bluff. For the yeah. Check raise. And yeah, given the limp, we have they're at least somewhat passive so yeah um hero bets uh 25 and villain calls and yeah i you know i i think you made good points about we don't really want to induce over cards to float or like ace high floating is you know only okay for us so yeah i i, I would i would size up here but you know it's all right. I agree. I like this as like sort of a. I mean, if we bet forty, we get called one hundred twenty in the pot, and if we bet sixty, then we get called there's two forty in the pot. We'll have um, about two eighty in the stacks. 240 in the pot, bit of an awkward size, but I think we can just, I think we might have the best results just going ahead and betting like a bit of a dumb size, like 130 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Make, you know, nines can quite reasonably call, you know, maybe some other hands. It's a, it's a line that'll put you into some spots where you bet fold and feel like a real idiot, but who is bluffing there? Yeah, who's bluffing there? All right. So ninety-seven in the pot, and we get a turn um, queen of clubs. So the flop was nine of clubs, four of hearts, deuce of diamonds, and turn queen of clubs. So um, bringing a backdoor club draw. And we have the 10 of clubs, 10 of spades. So, yeah, this is a bit of a decision point here, I think, on the queen of clubs. We could definitely still get value from a lot of hands. And, you know, it's not like our opponent really has very many queens at all. At the same time, like, you know, I think at the lower levels, like the more over cards you start to see on the board, um, the easier it is to get fold. So, like, I think this is a really good spot to be over bluffing here. And, you know, I, th I think our opponent might even start to fold some nines here on this turn. Um, so, 
yeah, you know, and then it kind of leaves us in an interesting spot with tens. Like if we think our opponent's overfolding here, should we keep trying to get value or, you know, should we, are we going to induce anything? Like our opponent can have some kind of, you know, all the, all the ace wheels are floating. They could start to bet here. Um, you know, maybe, maybe like yeah. King Jack that decides to float ace Jack could start to find a bluff here. Part of the problem with the not big sizing, like I, I think pot is the right size for me to bet on the flop. And this hand demonstrates that well, because the queen becomes a problematic card for you because it's not impossible, but it's, it's very dicey about whether hands like queen 10, queen jack, um, even, or I would say also king, king queen, possibly ace queen, queen eight suited, let alone king not queen nine, which we would expect when it played pre-flop this way to not fold. So all of a sudden you're, you're just not doing as well against your opponent's range. And you have a lot of stronger hands than tens because you have a lot of queens yourself, which is not as much of a problem. But the, re my, the reason for my preferred line is basically like clean up the board on the flop and then bet small callable sizes for the sort of disbelieving hands on the turn room. That's, that's the strategy in a nutshell. And when we don't execute on the flop, that kind of goes off the table for us a little bit. Um, so I think I would just go ahead and check here. And I think we can check call, check hold the river possibly. Um, or, or just see, at least kind of wait to the river to see what opponent's demeanor is when betting that second barrel if it comes. And if we face a check, I think we can actually make a larger value bet on a lot of rivers. And I think that can be a line that looks BSE in a way that's favorable. Where if your opponent has like sevens, it goes check, check. And or I just think it's a good way to play against your opponent if they have like sevens. So if opponent has sevens, if you check and your opponent bets, we call. And if the river is anything but a seven, it probably goes check, check on the river. So we win another bet from sevens by playing the strategy. If it goes check, check on the turn, we're probably going to barrel just bet any river. So sure, if our opponent has a seven, hits a seven, then we lose. But almost all the time, we just get to put in a larger barrel, maybe not on an ace, we would put in like a smaller bet, or maybe even just check. Um, but I think that we can get that call from sevens a fair amount of time. And that that's a, a profitable strategy that minimizes your downside to the instances where your opponent has you beat, bets the turn, and then bets the river in a way where our, we are just suspicious incorrectly for some reason and pay off. Uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd have a tough time folding river after checking turn here. Um, given our small flop bet size. 
Um, but yeah, we, you know, we do, we would get like a chance to look at the sizing and demeanor of our opponent and make an evaluation based on that. Um, hero, yeah, hero does elect to check. And yeah, this was kind of the spot that I wanted to like run through the solver just to see like what the solver's strategy would be. Um, because I wasn't 100% sure you know what to what to expect here but um solver yeah solver keeps barreling pocket tens because there are just a lot of worse hands that in position will have to defend with here you know in position is calling king do suited on the turn uh you know at like almost almost any pair and yeah, I don't I don't think a human will play that way, which is why I think it's a good spot to start to try to find some more bluffs. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to look at like there are definitely still a lot of hands that we could keep getting value from. Mm -hmm. But I think like it's hard to get like two more streets from a nine here. I think part of the reason that solver prefers to bet here and i diverge from solver is because the solver opponent probably doesn't bet very much when checked it and that makes sense because we we have a much longer range than our opponent yeah and checking technically doesn't change that yeah i mean it does in it does like it, it does change it because i'm sure the checking range of the solver is probably weaker from like a pure equity standpoint than the bet range. Maybe not. Um, regardless, uh, we we shouldn't expect to be, to see like sevens bet, like I mentioned. Yeah, the, don't, the queen is a bad card for imposition, you know. Yeah, and I'd be, I'd be curious what the solver was doing with hands like sevens facing the check. Yeah, I, I don't have a pull up right now, but so I, I'd just be guessing. Well, yeah, I think we I think we will induce protection bets. Um, and I'm not sure if you included like a larger value size on the river. That might also impact things. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfortable playing differently than the solver in this instance. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, hero checks and villain bets 30 into you know, 95 or so. So a little under a third pot. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird sizing. Maybe it's like kind of a blocking size to try and get a cheap showdown on the river. But, you know, I don't think we're getting a ton of value by check raising, really. Um, and, you know, maybe we do consider like leading some blank rivers here. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is, yeah. I see this as a total check call lead. Mm-hmm. The problem with the check raise is that opponents at this level are unpredictable. There's no real 
certainty of like, oh, if my opponent had a set or a pair of queens, they wouldn't bet this small. There's not. It's it's a it's another partial profiling instance where. Yes, there we have to play against both the profile that has no idea what they're doing. In the sense that they would just bet a set for thirty dollars here because they just pick thirty dollars and that's just what they picked. We also have to play against the opponent that bets the strength of their hand. But I don't think that we're going to be able to like check raise and then barrel again against the opponent that just bets the strength of their hand. So I think the thing to do is not to check raise, just because I don't think that, that serves us well. I don't think we're necessarily going to get more value from the worst hands through a check raise. Because the problem with the check raise versus the lead on the river is that our opponent can call and the hand is over on the river. Our opponent can't call the turn check raise and then the hand's over. They get to see if they win or not. Yeah, so that's that. interesting. Yeah, psychologically. Yeah. Right, there's a there's a guaranteed satisfaction of calling the same raise on the river versus the turn. So I would just be trying to leverage that basically and just call and then lead, depending on the card, either a significant amount, like maybe 75% pot, uh, or on like a slightly worse card. Like I think a card like an ace, we might want to just check um a card like an eight which is kind of a dangerous card for us but i think we still might want to bet i i would say bet like a small amount and then a card like a three which a three or a five or a six a deuce another queen these are all cards that i think that we can put out a big barrel obviously a 10. a 10 you might want to check raise um, instead of lead. Yeah. Hero, yeah, Hero agrees with kind of our analysis and calls the 30. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't really remember if we talked about leading river at this point. I don't believe we did, but I think leading a lot of rivers makes sense. But I don't think it makes sense to lead this river. Can you guess the river? I'm going to guess the ace of hearts. Uh, nine of diamonds. Uh, you still like lead here? I don't I don't think so. I don't hate lead small, but yeah, yeah. I think it's... Uh... It's just a little bit hard to predict what the opponent's range will look like. And I think that the wider it is, the worse it would be for us to lead, in a sense, the wider preflop. Mm -hmm. Some players don't play a huge amount of nines, and others will play a huge amount of nines. So, yeah, I do think just checking makes sense. Yeah, so 147 in the pot, hero checks. And villain bets 60. So a bit under half, like. Yeah. Like in between half and a third. 
Uh, I think it's tough to hold here. Yeah. Just because. Well, what kind of bluffs are you expecting to show up here? Dumb shit. Not like necessarily literally dumb. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. there's plenty of like reasonable bluffs from like a combo standpoint, not necessarily like an overall line standpoint. Yeah. Um, six, five, eight, seven, eight, ten, jack, ten. I mean, there's, there's an all kinds yeah. of like ace, so ace three and ace five might be here in all the offsuit combos. They're definitely not folding flop. For what it's worth, this is this is a outcome of the hand, which I think points to some of the upside of betting smaller on the flop is just inducing BS bluffs from a wide amount of hands. Um, again, like look at the size of the bluff you induced. Yeah, like it's it's not that huge of a prize, but especially from a lot of combinations, which is nice. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you'll see pocket fours here sometimes, but um, you know, we yeah, we don't have to be right that often, right? And there's potentially a, like a lot of combos that just decide to call our twenty-five bet on the flop. You know, it's not a not a big bet. Um, not a huge bet for this game. So did we call? Um, bad news. Hero hero folds. Oh yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, it's kind of a sexy fold. But I think it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just in the sense that Hero recognized that there are profiles who don't bluff that would take this exact set of sizes with a nine. But I think Hero just missed out on the fact that there's a lot of combos that might just be bluffing and we have a really good price. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, like, comes down a little bit to remembering the flop sizing, like what happened on the flop here, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not like 25 is like a tiny flop bet either. Yeah, um, I yeah. know I was, you know, complaining about it, but yeah. it's not like hero bet 15, which a lot of people would just bet 15 here. Yeah. Which I think is just not acknowledging the, the dynamics of these stakes. Probably didn't get to see what villain had. No. <laughs> bummer. Satisfying. Yeah. Very, very bummer. But yeah, definitely like interesting spots on the flop and turn, I think. Well, a penny saved is a penny earned, James. <laughs> That's what I hear. Well, if you want to help us earn a penny. Um we already plugged enough. You know where yeah. to go. I'll say it, I'll say it anyway. It's just just because I know you want me to. Not you, but the audience. Uh, just 
patreon.com slash patreon. That was just not true. It's patreon.com slash just means. Just testing everybody. Yeah. yeah. And if you if you want some, you know, better villain descriptions with more details, um, you know, write us in some hands. What's the what's the email for that? We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put them both in the show notes. Okay. About that. Um Maybe maybe it's not enough to just say go to patreon.com slash just hands. Maybe we have to say something about what you will actually find when you get there. What do you think about that as a, a marketing approach? Yeah, you know, more details could, you know, convince someone to actually go to the website and check it out. You'll get well, unfortunately, uh, you're not going to get those details. It's a mystery. <laughs> We pulled oh, the right yeah, out I kind of like that. It's who a knows, mystery. Who knows what yeah, we're going to find out. Yeah. You're going to have to go if you want to find out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, James, Coach James, thank you Coach, for your... Uh, Coach Jack. Thank you, thank you for this evening's session. <laughs> yeah. Um, may variance be with you. Yeah. Remember to be aggressive, everyone.